Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Pranav Tyagi, founder, president, and CEO, Tango Analytics, discusses the workplace and transformation, secrets for navigating this seismic shift. Good morning. Can you hear me all right? That works. Welcome to uh, the Cornet Workplace Learning Pavilion. My name is Clayton Whitman. I'm an interior designer at Callison RTKL in our New York office. We've got a couple others from our Dallas office here. Um, I'd like to welcome you uh, to the Workplace Pavilion. Uh, we are one of the, this year's sponsors of this event. And I'd like to introduce you to you, uh, Brett Simple, or Sample, Brett Sample. He's the vice president um, on corporate. It just says corporate there. With over 25 years industry experience, Brett Sample joined Tango in 2014. He has led the effort to design and create the company's cutting-edge space management application. Prior to joining Tango, Brett worked for many of the major IWMS, CAFM, and CMMS providers in the market and started SpacePlan FM. At SpacePlan FM, Brett provided consulting, implementation, and support to clients in over 40 countries and implemented over 2 million square feet of space, facilities, lease management. His areas of expertise include AI, machine learning as it relates to real estate, strategic planning, space management, process management, employee management, facilities management, and lease administration. He has worked with over 150 companies in retail, restaurants, healthcare, higher education, traditional corporate markets, and has helped them improve their real estate process and implement new tools. Brett is a frequent speaker and panelist at industry conferences. I give you Brett Sample. So exciting. Well, I can see who, can you guys hear me okay? I can see who didn't go out too late last night, right? I guess the downside to uh, being early the day after all of the parties. But uh, anyways, better? Okay. All right. Well, we can go ahead and get started. Uh, yeah, I think we have to do some of these slides. So I think everyone's clear where they need to go if there's an emergency. And uh, all right, to the meat of this now. So talking about uh, workplace transformation, I don't think anybody questions right now that that is going on going on in a number of places. Um, just disruption in general, 40% the time the average worker is at their desk right now, and 80% of the work is collaborative. So lots of things going on. Primarily, we view this from three different areas. So the first one has to do with, with the types of space, right? So uh, flexible workspaces, people working from home. Uh, this is a study by uh, CBRE, actually, uh, showing that 28% uh, use FlexSpace today currently is a way to attract talent and 45% will make moderate use uh, of it in the future. So the space is a critical factor right now from disruption. Another one of course is user experience. Uh, this really is talking about not only user experience but employee engagement as well. So the same study right here, 63% of the firms out there have literally nothing in place for the employee engagement user experience activities. Um, Today when people go to work, I think they expect the same thing that they have on their smartphone at home, whether it's ordering an Uber to pick them up or bringing Uber Eats food in, favor, things like that. And they kind of expect those kinds of tools to exist in the workplace as well. So besides the, the user experience, technology. 
This is one uh, obviously near and dear to my heart, but 83% uh, you can see on the screen here, expect high business impact from AI. Um, technology out there is changing substantially. What we'd like to talk about today from a disruption standpoint is uh, artificial intelligence. So not only is this a, a disruptor, what we'd like to do is try to leverage this and, and help you uh, perform your jobs better. So I thought the easiest thing to do today would be to walk through one particular example of using AI in the workplace. Um, the reason we chose AI in this particular case is you can see here um, the estimated impact of AI is between three and five trillion dollars across all industries. Um, highest in retail here you can see on the screen, but it really covers every industry. And obviously real estate is a core component of every single one of these, uh, these markets. So the thing that we thought uh, we'd start with is an example. The example we chose here is scenario planning. So a lot of different... Uh, a lot of different thoughts came into this. There are multiple ways to do it, but this is a task that people do, whether it's a small reconfiguration on one floor, whether it is uh, doing this in an entire floor itself or multiple floors, doing a restack, optimizing the floor plan, um, a campus type situation, or even a relocation, moving maybe four small buildings and going into one large building. When you do this manually, it takes massive amounts of, of time and energy and planning. This could easily be a three-month or even a year-long process. So what we wanted to do is if we decided to use AI and machine learning, could we solve for this particular item? And how you would go about doing it is first you'd have to have an objective. So the objective in this uh, scenario planning is it optimizing your space, i.e., do you want to move your departments and have groups uh, singled out, not with one person on the far side of the building, one person upstairs or two people upstairs, but actually group those departments together, maybe plan for some growth or contraction over time. Another primary objective might be minimizing square footage. Occasionally, people want to get rid of square footage, so maybe the goal is we want to give up a part of a floor and potentially sublease that space to someone else. Um, the third thing is maybe we want to minimize churn. It's a nice thought to do a reconfiguration, a space optimization, and move everyone together, but if every person has to move to make that happen, it probably isn't affordable, right? Um, so three and four kind of go together. Minimizing churn and minimizing costs are virtually the same thing in this instance. Um, the fifth primary objective might be eliminating a floor. So if you want to get rid of a floor entirely, that puts a different spin on it. You don't care. Um, under number two right here, minimizing square footage, you don't really care which space you give up. Under option five here, you want to give up a particular floor. Maybe it's your most expensive floor. Maybe it's the one with the lease about to expire and so forth. Um, or the sixth objective would be relocating. We're actually moving everyone out. So the first thought in mind, of course, to do this is uh, have a primary objective in mind. To be able to do that, you need four specific things. One, you have to have the existing space. This could be in a CAD system right now, in, a, in an IWMS, anything like that, or it could just be an Excel spreadsheet. This is everything that we have. This is by department, how many cubes do we have, how many offices do we have, how many people. Um, then the third thing on top of that might be, hey, what about growth and contraction, right? So enabling, enabling space optimization for the system to do it, it needs something called a space distance matrix, i.e., from here to that table, how far is it? From here to two cubes over, how far is it? Basically, it's going to turn this into a mathematic equation, right, and say it's this far from every cube to every other cube. So that has to be created to make AI work for, for scenario planning. 
The third thing is, is parameters. So it can't do this in a vacuum with no data. So you're going to have to provide some information, things like which department should sit with which departments, which departments should be on low floor, like maybe facilities or warehousing kind of things, and maybe executives on high floors. Um, and then fourth, uh, a new space layout. It can't go out and do a new layout for you. It's going to assume you're going to have either the exact same floor plan or perhaps a brand new floor plan that someone's drafted up and said, here's the layout, now we're gonna optimize this new layout. So those are the first four things as inputs required to do uh, AI and scenario planning. The most important thing initially is that space distance matrix. So we have to do a number of things to be able to get to that. Um, you're gonna have to upload CAD, you're gonna have to have polyline drawings, you're gonna need to have uh, space information in there, and then the wayfinding is really doing that measurement of this is how far it goes to there. So I'll talk about these in detail. You can see a video playing here. Right now, everyone does a manual effort. They draw a polygon, <coughs> typically to a BOMA, IFMA, Oscar standard, halfway through the walls and so forth, and they're creating this. Using AI, it's possible to actually have drawings auto-polylined. Um, I'll talk about this a little bit. At the end, I'll probably separate fact from fiction on what I'm talking about here and what actually exists today. But auto-polylining or having to create polylines is mandatory. The second thing is spatial recognition now. Um, think of facial recognition. In Google, you draw a, a box around your face and you say, this is me, and you can say, hey, go out and find me in other photos. Well, with spatial recognition, what AI enables you to do is upload a CAD plan, it converts it to a JPEG behind the scenes, and the face is every one of those uh, furniture layouts. So the box around the face is the polygon, and inside that is a, a desk, two chairs, a conference table with four chairs. The system's actually able to look at that image, go in the database and say, find another floor plan that has this exact cube layout, conference table, and then get the data and enter it for me. So being able to upload a drawing and have that data automatically appear and you don't have to go in and key it in every time. Um, so one key feature of being able to use AI in this process the second thing is wayfinding after that. So you can see up here on the floor plan, this is just an example of a system creating a, a wayfinding. You might do it from scratch manually and have to kind of draw the dots and show this is how you would walk. Well, using AI, you can upload a floor plan and it took quite a bit of time to teach it to ignore the doors because the door looks like a solid line to, to a computer. But once you tackle that, it's able to actually go in and automatically create this cube to that cube and every other cube on the floor. So every space, the, the distance between the two, and this is taking into account hallways and walkways, because just because the cube behind me is only three feet away as the crow flies, maybe I have to leave my office, walk down the hall, turn right, and come all the way back around. So cubes that are physically located together still might be a long way uh, using the wayfinding method, how you would actually get there. So traditional methods would be to do this manually. Through AI, we can actually upload floor plans and have this created on the fly. 
what that does for you is it creates, this is uh, two different ways of looking at it. One's kind of just a mathematical model and the left one is a heat map of showing you. But it is documenting the way the computer sees the distance between every space and every other space. So it's from office A to office C, office A to office E, workstation two and so forth. So behind the scenes, the computer can actually upload a CAD, polyline it, pull the data in automatically based on what the shape looks like, what the furniture is inside of it, and then create a number value. And it doesn't matter what these number values are. It's just saying that it might be feet, it might be inches, or a number, but this cube is, is that far from this cube. And why you need that is if the system's going to place the departments together, it needs to know which ones are grouped together so that the department stays together, right? Instead of having them separated with a hard wall and those people are on the other side of the building. So the existing space is a requirement. I mentioned earlier this can be an Excel spreadsheet or it can be gathered out of the system if you have a system in place. But basically you need to know how many types of spaces do you have for each department, what types of space, the head count, and so forth. And then also your requirements. Because just because you have X cubes today in a given department doesn't mean tomorrow you need that many. So it might be a contraction, it might be expansion, I need three more cubes, I need another collaboration area, I need another conference room, whatever your case, the case may be, you need to have your requirements that you want to build too. Obviously you don't want to do a space optimization for today, you want to do it for three months or six months down the road. And then I mentioned this earlier, but additional information has to go into a model such as this. So which departments should be co-located with other departments? Which, uh, so from an affinity level, I might want department A with department B. And conversely, I might not want one group sitting with another group for, for whatever reason. So you need to um, enter information such as that, the affinity, uh, avoiding, and then also placement, which I mentioned, executives high floors and, and various departments on lower floors. Ultimately, what AI can spit out uh, and machine learning can spit out after all this is a scenario. So the easiest way to describe what happens in this is pick a, pick a floor and pick a given cube. The system will go in and run every possible option. So let's just say we're gonna start with marketing and it's going to be the top left-hand office and build it from there. Well, here's all the people, here's the type of space we need. Oh, it needs to be with sales and now we'll put sales in here and so on and so forth. It will do that for every single space in the entire building. So it's literally running millions of permutations of potential layouts. Um, ultimately, it's going to spit out what what comes in at the lowest number, i.e. everything is compacted, meeting all of the parameters and the requirements that you put into the system, it will spit that out and give you, here's, I don't know why, but it spits out nine different scenarios right now. And they're not all equal. What this is trying to do is get you not all the way down. It's never meant to replace a person for scenario planning, but what it is in space optimization, it's trying to get you three or six months down the road, and instead of starting with a blank slate, it says, Mathematically speaking, these are the top nine meeting all of your requirements. So the groups are together where possible. The churn was, it didn't, uh, we didn't move everyone. We moved a small amount of people. We met your goal of getting rid of a floor or minimizing square footage or getting rid of the Swiss cheese of departments on floor. And ultimately, you're gonna end up with the floor plan colored by department. 
Again, this isn't meant to replace a person. This is meant to take you way down the road and let you do the, uh, the art part of the space optimization and being able to assign people to, to various places. Um, but as far as the scoring goes within the system, it can't just be a number. There's many factors to take into account on ranking a, a, a scenario. So in this case, I'll show you. So scenario one, optimization is almost 100%. That means it met every single requirement you had and the departments are laid out perfectly. But if you look at cost, it maxed out almost at 100% the cost of this. So this is an incredibly expensive optimization. If you look at churn right below that, it's also almost at 100%. That means in order to meet this space optimization, it literally moved every single person on the floor. Probably not optimum, right? Or in the building, whatever the case may be. Um, and it did reduce the square footage, which was the goal for scenario one. In scenario two, it doesn't look as good up here, but when you dig in a little bit, it looks like it's maybe 85, 90% optimized, meaning it did a pretty darn good job of meeting your requirements that you put in the space optimization, but the cost and the churn are significantly less. So it moved significantly less people, which kept the cost down on this particular space optimization. So point being, when you're doing AI, machine learning, space optimization, it's not going to say this is the one. It's going to say, Here's 10 or so different options um, from a mathematical perspective that we think are the best. And then you would take a look at the scores and open up the particular scenario that you're looking at and say, you know, I'm not even going to look at number one. It's too expensive, doesn't fit in our budget, no point. Uh, but I am going to go in and look at number two because it meets my requirements, it keeps the cost low, and so forth. So everything that I just covered on the AI front, I guess I'll go into a fact and fiction now. Uh, auto polylining is available. It's only about 50% accurate at this point. There are a number of, firm, of number of companies out there working on it. Um, it's estimated that, that it will need somewhere between 25,000 and 75,000 more polyline CADs uploaded to be able to teach the engine how to get past you know, 50% and ultimately it may get to 85 or 90%. Um, the next part, let's see, go back real quick. The spatial recognition exists today. So you can upload a CAD plan and not have to enter all of the data. So it learns over time as well. So if it's keyed in as a workstation left with next to a window today and you update it, the next time you update the floor plan, you upload one, it's gonna look at the current data for that exact type of space and key that data in. It can even start gathering data that you didn't care about prior. So this is a cube next to a window. Maybe that matters. You wouldn't have entered it before because that's one more data piece you would have had to key in. So spatial recognition exists today um, out in the market. And wayfinding. This one also exists today. A number of firms have done it, but we're not talking the manual wayfinding. We're talking about being able to upload a CAD plan and have the AI machine learning in the background create the wayfinding immediately as soon as you upload the CAD plan. And this space date, uh, distance matrix is created from that, that wayfinding. So all of the things I went through today exist today within AI and machine learning. And uh, hopefully we can start leveraging technology such as this uh, for the items, that the disruption that's going on. Uh, hopefully we can use tools and actually help us do our job better. So that's really all I plan to go through today. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning into What's Next. Have an idea or point of view? 
Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org slash podcast.